First week, September, up in Saskatchewan, Canada, early season, big honkers. Uh, some folks thought we were too early. We were pushing the limit. We got there, but the action was fast. It was hot. And uh, listen to some of these tips and tactics we did that to uh, kill 150 honkers in about three mornings. But, hey, I'm George Lunch, a legendary gear. The game call company is legend by design. Duck season will be coming in, uh, I think, around about the 12th. So um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being in a tree stand as well. But uh, anyway, this is one to do a podcast, kind of you know, hear about uh, you know the hunt that we had, the way we we scouted, the way we set up, and and then I would probably go to my corrections of things that uh, we learned from the hunt that I'd like to pass on to you guys is uh, I think great tips and it not just for up there. I mean, it'll work in North Dakota, works in Iowa, um, everywhere. So we're going to throw these down in, in a few of uh, our decoy arrangements that we used up there and in, in, in why, but uh, anyway, like I said, be the Dane, a good friend of ours invited us up there and um, B was a great host. He's got a home. It's about three and a half hours North of his house in Regina and uh he's got the cooler there in fact they had an elk in, in the cooler hanging when we got there and, and it was first class accommodations and you know you, as soon as you walk in the house you can definitely tell that uh b is a big time uh of trophy hunter of the huge mule deer and the, and the white tail that he had uh inside the house there it was just definitely set up the hunter perspective of it and, and uh anyway the the accommodations were amazing the the food was amazing we had elk uh steak and, and eggs for breakfast elk steak for dinner we had elk uh, hors d'oeuvres my wife got, quickly became uh, an ex elk expert as her new favorite meat uh she didn't get she wasn't able to try the moose yet but elk became her uh new fond meat she kind of put venison here and she put elk way up here but i have to agree with her elk is it was hard to beat but uh you know as soon as we got there um the action was hot the action was uh first day we, you know everybody's intensity was was up here about a level 12 out of 10 uh you know first morning uh their opening season and so we're and like i said we were pushing the envelope we knew that we had a busy month in september um we just knew that uh you know, our best chance of getting away and between work and everything else, the other commitments that we had was, you know, the first week of September. So B was saying he was sweating bullets before we got out there doing his scouting. We did, uh, you know, they were getting some birds. I had a few birds there. Here's the key when you're pushing that northern um, plateau up there and, and you're looking to hunt. You know, it's about fields harvested. Yeah, you can have all the birds you want, which probably you're not going to have too many in the area until, you know, crops start getting harvested off. And and luckily, we were our timing, they started the week before. And, you know, there's fields that were coming down and, and uh, fields, more fields being taken off. And in fact, some of the coolest thing, one of the coolest thing I've ever uh, seen was, uh, I've, I mean, it was uh, a helicopter. They were using a helicopter to go on the track, uh, back of the truck, and the helicopter was spraying the field instead of using an airplane. So, some different things. I guess they say they sprays the they spray the canola up there to to get the canola to uh, quit growing until they can harvest it and cut it down. So it was basically we had barley fields, wheat fields, uh, and uh, pea fields, and then of course you had the canola. But uh, anyway. Our first morning was a setup uh, with about seven people who showed up. 
and we they use panel blinds up there. Uh, the panel blinds are thatched with willow branches. Uh, it's you know not quite you know it's a straight up and down. They use uh, the panels. Then they go out there and they pound the stakes in, re-rod stakes in to hold the the panels, and then they have two separate side doors. Um, so it's you know you basically got four pieces. And we're trying to run with seven people and some pretty good sized people. Um, we had to run the blind as wide as we could. And then with a dog on each end, uh, it was getting tough. It was, um, in fact, at first we, we had a, a couple of good flocks early um, before that uh, sun started coming up and, and getting the presence known and would cast shadows. But, you know, we were definitely have to work at them. We, we had people talking in the blind we had uh you know this was like the first morning jitters uh because greg was there but greg was trying to film he was trying to hunt and plus he was uh running a dog it'd be on the other end he's trying to run a dog so it was pretty compact and um that's when the first day you know we uh we had to hit him pretty hard all the way in and of course you're always wanting to read geese first and um we just, uh, I mean, these geese, like I said, once the sun started coming up and with the blind then started being pushed open because of the, of, of the, the movement and the weight of the big boys up in front. And, and, um, so that started opening up, birds were starting to hang above, but, uh, I had, I was calling a lot of geese and everything that we were calling was, I mean, I was on it. It had to be aggressive. I had to get birds that were flaring off to turn and come back in. Sometimes we pull two or three, a couple couple times we pulled the the whole flock in, but it was definitely, you know, open season. Here you are uh, still being aggressive and just goes to show you that, you know, you're in a great spot. It's getting uh, some of the first hunting pressure of these birds on their, on their journey. And then, um, you know, you're hunting on birds that haven't had any pressure. You get out in the field. Even with all that said, it's not a slam dunk. It's some people think, well, they live up there. And sure, the geese are going to be um, definitely not as hard to hit, uh, to call in and stuff. But, they're, like, again, they, they learn real quick. And uh, we, were, we were running. I When I hunt those, you know, when I'm usually goose hunting and I know that I'm pretty much going to be the predominant caller or maybe like in this this situation, I was the only caller. And um, so what I like to do is I'll have one call that uh, my little ripper here, which will be super stiff. It'll be the high pitch, more aggressive sound. Uh, This one right here, this is our big dog. It's a molded acrylic. But, uh, you know, we, we use uh, our game changer guts, a broken in gut system in a molded call. But I'll tune up one of these really soft and raspy. And if geese, I could, if, because you know, you're kind of getting be- geese that's there and some giants. And then there were some short birds that were new birds coming in. There's birds that were pulling high. So, you know, there's two different calling techniques of trying to get after two different flocks and two different situations. So I have a call that's basically on the opposite of, of either one. And, um, you know, with the high geese, it was the geese were up there. I would be, everything was working to the high pitch. (laughs) 
So that high pitch and the aggressiveness when I'm seeing those birds with that high pitch with that raspy crack is a great attention getter. And a lot of times when those birds, you see that they're starting to pull off, then what I'm doing is basically taking my murmur into aggressive, fast pe uh, pitch murmur down to a slower murmur. I really love this sequence because it's just, I can slow it, speed it up, slow it, speed it up as reading the birds, but kind of staying with that same sequence. So it's... <laughs> hear that fast pitch and that aggressiveness and i'm watching those birds and i'm i mean a lot of times we, i've had to stay right on that because these are birds again that either were spooked a uh, couple might have been that we shot in we called birds back but that aggressive calling style is what worked for us i mean almost 90 percent of the time we were bringing a lot of birds in and um you know they were definitely reacting but it had my work uh, handed out for me because like I said we had a lot of people in the blind and you know we had uh, dogs and we're trying to film and and of course um, you're wanting to call shots or definitely and that's our goal you know is we want shots right in our face 30 yards and preferably 20 yards and so there was shots that weren't called that you know that buzzed the side or were over to one person's uh, you know it was a better shot for the guys on the right side we just I tended not to call the shot on that because you know when you're filming birds will look far away you know they look further away than what they really are uh, on camera so you know for a camera you're wanting to get them as tight as you can you, but in the same token you know you like to try to get the birds maybe let three or four hit the ground when you got 10 or 12 uh, bowed up and coming in that's you know centered up you know I guess when you're trying to film, you know, if we were just buddy hunting, I let the guys make the call on that. But when you're filming, you know, I'll sacrifice those four because there'll be another four comes in again. And and 90% of the time, the four, it's already been on the ground and moved around. If you come up, the usually the camera guy, it's got to find the bird that you're getting on and then get the shot and, you know, catch that going down. And if he misses you and tries to swing over and you're swinging, you know, you guys aren't getting on the same birds. But usually when you got the birds up front, you could pretty much center know even where the shooting's going to start. Just a little uh, tip when when filming, but I would pretty much use that that basic routine right there, and it worked day in day out. Um, you know, worked on geese that didn't want to be there. It's kind of like the, that little ripper to me reminds me of our axe cut down in the duck. It just makes ducks do things they don't want to do. That's Hey, before we talk about the second day, I want to take a quick break and, and shout out to our great sponsors out there. We have uh, Sika Gear, uh, Lacrosse, Footwear, Yeti, Rite USA, Apex Ammunition, Prime Archery, and G5 Broadheads. Well, get back to the uh, second day. It's, uh, we had two less uh, people that was going to be in the group, so we were I think we were down to five that day, but... The, the day before scouting, afternoon scouting, uh, we went to this field that, uh, or on the way to the field that they 
basically were scouting and they had permission to to hunt and we wanted to check it out that evening we noticed that uh, there was a couple other fields of geese were coming in and there's definitely you could tell new geese in the area because you know we we got there they had a couple of days north winds before us and we were facing great north winds the day we were there so that was bringing the tailwind and bringing some new birds in it was awesome and so we found this one field that was you know it was building up with birds uh itself you could tell there's some they were trying to find it there were some actually behind these fields now you gotta understand man you can get a barley field it's a mile long i mean these fields are huge and uh, you can have geese sitting back you know because the different uh the, the height difference when the rise in the, in the landscape you know you could have geese on the back side you didn't see but Anyway, there was geese, but also the geese, there was geese bumping from the field that uh, was, was the mother field that they wanted to hunt. So we looked at this and this is, you know, this would be a great plan B field, which is always a good thing to have. But uh, we went and looked at the field and yeah, there was a ton of birds, ton of ducks, ton of geese. Um, to me, though, they, you know, as a crow flies, it looked like a quarter mile, maybe nine, definitely under a half mile was the roost. Uh, and these birds just coming up and going straight into that field and, you know, through our discussions, you know, I was not really comfortable with that roost being that close and five guns going off first thing in the morning. Um, man, I think that we're, we're hunting that close. And But if it was a, an issue, he said, well, the farmer did say that there was another group of guys that uh, got permission before he did. And, of course, you know, the honorable thing is we if we show up in the field and they're there, we just render the field to them and, and go on or keeps anybody from arguing. Well, you know, three in the morning, we, we, we get up at three in the morning and get there, you know, 345 and they're already out in the field setting up. And uh, B was kind of really bummed out. He we thought that this was our, he definitely wanted us to get on the Holy Grail and he thought this, this field was it. And um, it was, like I said, there's a lot of birds. And I said, man, I think this is a blessing in disguise. I think we get back over there and plan B field is going to be the plan A field. And I'd be glad that we had a plan to go back over there. And, and we did found the spot where uh, they were sitting just over the knoll, uh, a lot of goose crap and, and feathers. And so we, we did our setup and I told the guy, so I'm just telling you, I think uh, especially that it was a very, wasn't a very strong wind. But uh, there's definitely a little bit of, you know, there's enough wind that have been good to hunt, but it was quiet enough that I'm saying when those guns and that's what happened, they must have had some ducks that, that rolled in early. And it, you know, it wasn't that. <laughs> it was a boo, 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 boo. And that was it. And then uh, you just heard this roar of, of geese get up. And uh, said, boys, get ready. And they were, they started coming and, you know, there's birds breaking all over. And um, so when you, on something like this, um, now we, we set up a little bit different this second day. I need to get back to about setup, but uh, the setup this morning, I told them, I said, you know, we had kind of set up with a wind at our back and, and a blind that was sticking out and you kind of had a U and we didn't have really enough coverage you know by doing that birds are going to come in high we are forcing birds that to cover over our, you know over the top and you always want to keep that 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 level down that degree of angle down so when they do circle you know they're not seeing into the top and the, the black hole the shadow it's sitting in there so that was kind of tough and that's why we had to work especially hard with that many people and then to me working with the you know putting your blind in in the apex of your spread 
puts you at the you know being sealed or watched at even more. So today, what we did is we went in and I wanted to do a what I call a loose J. You see that right there? See how the wind's coming right there? Now you notice how I put the blind right in here. And the neat thing about this loose J, you can look and see how these geese are coming. See, because they're going to fly into this way right here. And when they come in, if they get where they're a little leery, they're coming here and they're pulling off, or if they're pulling off here, you can always move this tail and move down to the end and move over, you know, just judging and always judge on that first flock of geese because they're going to tell you what every other flock's going to do. Even if it's two to three geese, see where they like to go. And because if they pull out here and you get up while you keep hunting, well, a lot I'm a good chance of those geese are going to, you know, want to pull out here. So this loose J, neat thing about it, like I said, now if they're coming in like they did this day, we had a, this light one uh, pretty much just about like this, and these geese were just hooking. They didn't think that we were going to be able to shoot geese because, uh, you know, the decoys didn't look natural around a little willow thicket. And I said, well, if I can keep majority of the decoys and their eyes up here, and I'll just keep calling them hard to draw them do down in here tight, which me sitting up in here, those birds hooked every time, and we just, we cold cocked them. We tipped their toenails, shot their beaks, whatever you want to say, but these geese, it, it came in picture perfect, and I'll even might put a couple centuries up in here, or we might have some out here. If you were now, if you were hunting ducks, you now you could put your spinner pretty much somewhere right there, but see how these birds are coming in? This is the landing hole. Their eyes are here, and we're, we're side shooting them right there. Um, this right here is a good thing. If geese are wanting to kind of pull out a little bit, I might block this up and pull this out even more to give more of the pen and the birds back in close. All depends. And if I have geese wanting to fly over here too much, I might open this up and pop these over in here to try to keep them you know, over the this edge here. But that's crosswind, and uh, that's what we used that day. And sure enough, you know, when that shooting the, and the geese, they just poured up in the air. Here they came, and it was just they're all over. So when you when you get this, you got see all these geese didn't get up natural. If they would have got up natural, it'd be a different story. But I really uh, don't like to call. I'm just going to let them get up. The world's just been rocked, and, and those you know they're, they're not gotten their bearings yet. We're, we're maybe a mile from the other field, but you know these birds are coming over and. You know, so anyway, they're they're not a relaxed bird. They're they're not coming down. They just right now still in their head. They're trying to figure out what happened in the field, but over just next to them. So they're on high alert, let's say. So I don't like to call, and and what it's tough is that you have geese, you know, who are locked all over. So I'd like to let the geese, even if you know you have a dozen come sits in and and flops right in. Um, that's a tough call because you might have two, 300 birds like we did that day. We had birds coming down, but we had two, 300 birds um, in the air. And that's a call that you, I guess you want to make. Uh, you know, we we're shooting for TV and um, which, you know, we kind of let that we shot. <laughs> we, we wanted to get good footage up front and early and early. And we did. We everybody shot good on that and that volley, and it was great. And the sun hadn't come back up, so we weren't casting any shadows. And these birds were just hooking to that blind, making believers of being them because they didn't think that wow, we can't, you know, 
I'd never seen geese uh, come back, you know, that close to, you know, with with a, a bush blind sitting out there. And it's just opening the door and being able to call them and using the wind. We have good enough wind, to, you know, we could utilize the birds. Um, when the sun came up, now and it started casting a shadow again, you know, because we had that big open square, it was a little tougher um, getting the birds to, we, we get them to crisscross. But I think that they were so messed up by that um you know, if you look in the blind, when that now when that sun comes up and your blind is wide open, now picture that as a black hole. And everything around here is brown barley. You got decoys and all of a sudden this black hole. And then the geese end up seven feeling confident they're coming through here. They start skirting edges on us. And when they start doing that skirting the edges, it makes it tough again trying to get filming and, and everybody shooting. So, you know, you had to pick your your, your groups. But uh, when the geese get up like that, you know, and, and um, if you if if you got a lot of geese in the air, uh, sometimes it, it, you're better off just to to let the geese go, let them all kind of, and even none come in, dude. They saw your spread. You didn't become a threat. You didn't, you know, there was nothing calling. You're gonna let them go out there, and all of a sudden they're gonna get their thoughts together, gonna get their bearings, and either they're gonna want to come back and head back to the field where they first we're at because this was the first morning or they might come back and, and then dump into you um as you know by the safety net and numbers of, of birds that we had in the field and it was and basically so now that we got birds that's wanting to come back and, and set with us there's a different way of calling and again when I, I would i'll have this call which is probably a little bit lighter tune but tuned to be uh, stiffer and raspier and basically what i'm trying to do is spit my spit my, uh, moans and spit moans and a lot of uh little raspy moans that i'll put together and they turn it to a little hiccup or we can do some raspy clucks uh just watching the birds but this is more of a you know when you're not getting the big flocks you got you know little groups of 15 you got groups of 10 12 20 they're just working and they're wanting to come right to you so i'm kind of basically you're catching i'm just doing light finesse stuff just giving that goose uh, noise there that uh i call confidence ground noise if you got some out there and you're doing that now i can either speed it up when i'm doing this <laughs> basically 
either I'm hunting here or I'm hunting anywhere else. If, if I got geese coming in and, you know, you're trying to get that goosey, you notice how I did that little murmur and I did it slow. And, and then how I was able to speed that up. It's all done with my throat. But that routine is a great routine to practice, learn to control, speed it up, slow it down. Uh, to me, it's one of the best ways I've found to consistently control geese and keep them on that string. But that routine right there, whether you're hunting Canada, you're hunting Iowa, you're hunting anywhere in the U.S., uh, reading birds, if they're coming in, you, if you would do that little soft routine, that goosey routine, that's just done on our, our uh, injected molded acrylic um, big dog. And, you know, it, it just, but it has the right dimensions to get, but I'll tune that, like I said, really soft and raspy. Um, why I've got the, the higher pitch one, you know, the, the little ripper here. And it is based, I mean, it is named, it's right, it's named right. But uh, anyway, that's going to be it for day one and two. And uh, stay tuned in for the next podcast. We'll, we'll cover day three. We're going to talk about the positive things and what is a hunt that was set up to be um, most geese that we were going to see yet on the trip. And um, we'll tell you how it ended up. We'll tell you the the, the bonuses and, and the minuses. So anyway. that's going to cut it for uh, day one and two. We're going to cover day three in the second podcast. But I'm telling you what, if you learned anything from this uh, podcast at all, please give us a like. Um, if you like what we're doing, you can go to our website and, and subscribe. And just love to follow us along. Like I said, this is all about you guys. Email me questions. You can email me stuff you'd like to talk about on podcasts. Or maybe we can have you on a podcast. But uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. And any of you guys out there hunting this week, whether it's uh, you're hunting ducks somewhere, hunting geese somewhere, if you're stepping into that tree stand this weekend, always remember, hunt safe, hunt smart, and may the good Lord be your guide. I'll be out there, rain or shining. I can never get enough Cause that's what Legends are made of <laughs> That's a wrap Well I'll be out there Rain is shining All a part of the great design Bring it on I can never get enough Because that's what Legends are made of